millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, September 2nd. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, with Capital City residents in continued need of water, officials across all levels of government launch new water distribution sites. Then college football shifts its attention to a Mississippi HBCU, plus using conversation as a path towards racial reconciliation. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Leaders from the state and local level came together yesterday to launch a water distribution plan for the residents of Jackson. A coalition of agencies are operating seven mega sites across the city. Governor Tate Reeves says the cooperation across multiple state agencies and the National Guard are expected to streamline distribution of drinking and non-potable water. These sites will be well stocked. They will be well staffed. And they will be well prepared to handle the continued emergency of the coming days. Our leaders in emergency management have a wealth of experience to draw from and were well prepared to effectively carry out this operation. I am incredibly thankful for the work, the coordination, and the cooperation of everyone that is here today, particularly, of course, MEMA the Mississippi National Guard, the Mississippi Department of Health, Commissioner Gibson and his team, Commissioner Tyndall and his team at the Department of Public Safety, Russell and the Mississippi Forestry Commission, our partners in Hines County, as well as the mayor and our partners in the city of Jackson for making these distribution sites possible. The state is using the fairgrounds in Jackson as a staging area for much of the water distribution. And a recently constructed well there allows tankers of non-potable water to refill and quickly return for distribution. In all, the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency, the Department of Agriculture, the Forestry Department, Public Safety, as well as the National Guard are providing resources. Residents were already under a boil water order before flooding from the Pearl River exacerbated longstanding problems at one of the city's two water treatment plants. Earlier this week, Governor Tate Reeves issued state of emergency, and the federal government also approved an emergency declaration. 
A temporary pump has been installed at the Obi Curtis plant. And some residents living close to the facility have seen water pressure return to normal. Many in the city and outlying areas that rely on water are still having little to no water pressure. We are continuing to work diligently at the OB Curtis water treatment plant to get everyone in Jackson sustainable running water for the long term. As we have said, this is a challenge that many have been dealing with. We are extremely thankful to those operators and those city employees that are in the facility and have been in the facility. And we also welcome the help and support of both state entities as well as our federal partners in that process. To everyone in the city, I know that you are dealing with a profoundly unfair situation. It's frustrating, it's wrong, and it needs to be fixed. My family and I live in the city of Jackson as well. Our water comes from the city's pipelines as well. My core focus is on ensuring the folks around me today have everything they need to distribute water and run the system effectively so that all of us in Jackson can not only have running water but also clean water again. We have formed a strong coalition between city, state, and federal leaders to effectively diagnose what went wrong and to move swiftly to address those issues. We are working on this every day, and I should say, because the plant runs 24-7, we are working on this every night, and we will be transparent, fast-acting, and focused throughout this mission. Appearing with the governor publicly for the first time during the crisis, Jackson Mayor Shokwe Antar Lumumba. He says a corporate effort is the best way to get residents the resources they need. This is a set of accumulated challenges uh, that has taken place over the better part of three decades, uh, which precedes both myself and the governor. Uh, and so to that extent, my, my, my uh, interest is unchanged in that the city of Jackson needs resources, we need money. Uh, and so we'll continue for that push. But right now what we're focused on uh, is the operational unity that we have. Operational unity uh, means that we're focused more on our common ends and objectives than any differences uh, that we may have revealed at, at some point in time. And that is what we're going to work on. Uh, for those that, that speak to that, uh, when I have been asking for this help, when the state comes to me and says, we're coming to help you, it doesn't benefit for us to try to take jabs at each other, uh, to try to fight in that moment. What we have to take advantage of is this opportunity to realize uh, how we create a better system for our residents. Uh, you know, much like our preparations for the flood event itself, uh, I heard from residents time and time again, uh, you know, we, we appreciate the fact that you've been present early and often. We appreciate the coordination that took place not only from city departments, from the county level, uh, but to the state and above. And so uh, that type of effort only benefits our residents and that is what we're going to sustain. While no concrete timeline has been determined for getting the city's water treatment plant up to speed, the Environmental Protection Agency and Army Corps of Engineers are involved in the restoration process. Coming up, college football shifts its attention to a Mississippi HBCU. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 
When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. It's time to put on your school's colors and get the tailgate grill ready. College football returns this weekend. Football at a historically black colleges and universities has always been a cultural cornerstone. But now there's an even bigger spotlight on the programs in our region since former NFL star Deion Sanders took the reins at Jackson State University. He's shaking things up in a big way. WBHM's Cody Short has more from the Gulf States newsroom. Welcome back into the Sheraton, Birmingham for the 2022 SWAC Media Day. In case you're not a football fan, Division I HBCUs in the region are part of SWAC, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. At the annual SWAC Media Day in July, all of the team's head coaches and star athletes were in Birmingham to discuss the upcoming season. Travis Hunter was one of the stars of the show. Trying to go offense and defense and play of the year. I want to take all. Hunter shocked sports fans across the country when he decided to commit to Jackson State University. It is very rare for an HBCU to land a top athlete, and Hunter was the number one high school football player for the season. Sports Illustrated called the move probably the most shocking decision in the history of college football recruiting. Hunter, who originally committed to a predominantly white university, said he wanted his move to be a stamp in black history. Not a, not enough of our black brothers go to HBCU. They all think they just have to go to PWI to get the exposure they need, but you don't have to go there. You can go to HBCU. And I got brothers and sisters that might not have the talent I have, so I wanted to know that they accepted in the HBCU too. HBCUs usually don't offer the same resources, like prestigious training facilities and stadiums, and they usually don't offer the same caliber of coaches. But Deion Sanders is shaking that up. Since the legendary NFL cornerback took over as coach in 2020, he ushered in a new wave of recognition for SWAC. I love where we are uh, with our program, and I'm trying to inflame other programs as well simultaneously. So when, up on the, when I'm up on the stage talking, I'm not just talking for Jackson State. I'm talking for the whole HBCU and the whole SWAC and whole black college football in general. I truly believe that there is a big spotlight on HBCU football, and I think Coach Sanders started it. That's Hugh Jackson, head coach at Grambling State, an HBCU in Louisiana. He was the former head coach of the NFL's Cleveland Browns and was recruited to the university in 2021. I think what we need to do a better job of is really coming together and and having this HBCU space be recognized for what it is, that there is good football um, being played in the conference. This is all happening against the backdrop of a huge change across college football with name, image, and likeness deals. Thanks to a Supreme Court ruling, college athletes are now able to get paid by companies. Some coaches worry this will become the main factor when athletes are picking a school. But some believe this could offer more financial opportunities for students in need. Beyond endorsement deals, some critics say that HBCUs and the SWAC as a whole need to focus on generating more revenue for their schools. Hey, listen, if you don't like nothing I say, you can always... If I make you feel some type of way. This is Abrion Scott. 
He goes by Scotty on YouTube. Scotty is dedicated to HBCU sports, but he wants to see more benefits for the schools themselves. As black people, what you see is that we are the culture, but we never capitalize on our own culture. Recently, SWAC signed a media rights deal with the streaming service HBCU Go TV, widely rumored to be for $120 million over 10 years. This will bring in more money and broadcast more games to more households than ever before. But that pales in comparison to the Big Ten Conference's new seven-year agreement that's worth billions. It's bad business, and you're, and you're not setting up yourself with media contracts that recoup some of these schools' monies that they put out for the games. Perhaps the biggest change to the game could come as more highly ranked schools and conferences, like the SEC, open up to playing SWAC schools in future seasons. Alabama coach Nick Saban floated the idea recently. I think it sort of helps them, you know, raise their level and their ability to compete. It's something the Crimson Tide has never done, but other schools in their conference have. Louisiana State University will host Southern University, an HBCU that's also in Baton Rouge for the first time in the school's history next weekend. And LSU already has another HBCU on the schedule for next season. But when it comes down to it, Scotty says HBCU games are much more about the experience than the game itself. They come for the entertainment. They come for the band. They come for the dancing. They come for the music. I've had numerous alumni tell me after halftime, half the stadium gets up and leaves. We may never see an HBCU play a school like the University of Alabama. But if HBCUs continue to get top recruits, it could create equity for all the schools and athletic conferences. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Cody Short. The Gulf States Newsroom is a collaboration among public media stations in Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Coming up, using conversation as a path towards racial reconciliation. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Nettie Winters doesn't mind if discussing race creates discomfort. The president of Mission Mississippi thinks it's a vital step in empowering the next generation to build relationships across racial lines. The organization's website even claims being unapologetic is part of its DNA, stating hard questions must be dealt with in the reconciliation process. Winters explains the power of conversation in part two of our discussion. If you're going to talk about race, Desiree, if you're going to talk about racism, if you're going to talk about uh, systemic racism, if you're going to talk about critical race theory, if you're going to talk about Black Lives Matter, if you're going to talk about all of this, these, these uh, hot-button topics, well, if you're going to participate in an intelligent way, you've got to come more than with bullet points and bylines. You've got to come with some substance. See, what I find, and even with people that are trying to change the, the racial uh, actions and attitudes and, and relationships and structures, thing, I find that those people will come to uh, a discussion totally ignorant. And when they run out of their bylines and taglines and quotes and uh, bullet points and speaking points, when they get beyond that, it becomes personal. And we've had people that are supposed to be on the same team 
arguing and, 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 and debating one another or having problem with one another because one is talking about one thing, the other one is talking about the other, even though they might be saying the same phrases. So they're not it on the becomes same emotional because, and you don't get the substance. There you go. You know how that works. They're not educated on everything that needs to be said, so and because they don't agree on it, they don't have anything to substantiate their disagreement, so it becomes personal. Well, you're just saying that because. Well, when I hear that, I stop it. How can you be in and now stop that? That's the, that's the wrong way. Help me understand why you feel the way you feel is a better way of going. Because you, if you come to me and say, how can you be? I'm already thinking in my mind to defend my position and become emotional, as you said, and angry and defensive and all of those things. Because you question my integrity, you question my character, you question all kind of things with with those kinds of statements. So how can I help me understand how you come to that conclusion? Help me understand why you feel that way. And so we try to help people talk about it in a way that moves the needle on cultivating the relationship in a positive way. And when that happens, lives will change. You know, I you know I talked about taglines a minute ago. I'm going to give you one now. We connect people and help them cultivate a relationship, and it changes lives. You're seeing that happen? Oh, absolutely. There are many things have changed in Mississippi. Uh, many attitudes have changed in Mississippi. There are people now that are uh, married to each other that one hated each other because of race. So there's great progress, but there's uh, much more progress need to be made because we operate almost in a vacuum. We all we almost operate on taglines and 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 um, quotes and cliches and other things. We don't want to go deep for the for the for the last three years. Mississippi has been pushing people to do things together. Our theme for 2020 was together. We developed that campaign in in August of 2019. And then we get to 2020. Guess what the tagline and the, the, the going word was in, in 2020 was together. Serve I guess together. it could be that for a long time moving forward. Just quick question. When you talk about um, white evangelicals, where, what is the role of white evangelicals? Are you seeing a movement to embrace racial reconciliation because there's coverage that shows a, a heightened sense of political um, politization yeah. and that uh, denomination and you know in some of those uh, churches you know um, I hear you I understand what I understand exactly that that you're trying to deal with what you see and what you hear. But the, 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 the challenge we have when it's come to that, from Mission Mississippi perspective, we don't identify, quote-unquote, white evangelicals and put them in a category, or uh, black evangelicals and put them in a category, or any other kind of category. We challenge people from what comes out of their mouths when they say, I'm a Christian. Then there's a biblical principle, precepts, and practice based on your confession that you have to operate on if you're going to be what you say you are. And so we're challenging folks to do that, not allow their white evangelicalism or their conservativeism or their uh, uh, 
liberalism and, 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 and all of these other things to dictate what they do. And that's what, see, what you're alluding to is that we are allowing our culture to override our Christianity. We're allowing our color to override our Christianity. We're allowing our group that we're affiliated with, uh, we're connected with, uh, or a person or persons to override our Christianity. So we're operating on tradition and culture and customs and class stuff rather than operating on what Christianity say because I've had people that tell me, Ned, I've been operating like this most of my life, and I just set the Bible aside and just go and continue to operate this way. Then I had those same people come back to me and say, you know, I didn't see this until it got personal. It hit home. Now I see what you're saying, so I have to do something. And I'm back to the table now, and I want to do something. I want to be a part of what you're doing. And so, you know, sometimes it has to be personal before we get into it. Well, I have one last question. There is uh, a feeling, and I've been this has been shared with me by someone other um, than my race, that there's a feeling that, somehow white men are losing something, losing an advantage in the midst of all of this, and that has created some resentment, and there's anger and a feeling that they're being pushed aside. You know, the the statements that's being made by whoever's making those statements the reasons why they're angry and feel like they're losing something explain why they feel the way they feel. Number one, if you you know you've had the privilege of doing this in the in the past and don't have to compete. Uh, you've had the privilege of doing this uh, on an unwritten record or unwritten policy, or whatever else, and you know. The system has been in your favor. The system now says you got to be more competitive. You know, sports changed. Not because everybody all of a sudden woke up one morning and said, we ought to treat black players differently. Somebody woke up one morning and said, you know what? We've been discounting, discarding, and not utilizing all the skills and things that would enable us to win because we're only playing white players. If we play more black players, we win more. You know, when when integration and all that stuff was taking place and more black players began to play for major universities and national sports and professional and all that, I'd just go to the ball game with some of my white friends. And, you know, so I said, I wonder who's going to win this game. And they would look at me and laugh. Well, you know, you know who's going to win, the one that got the most blacks. So now you look at the Ole Miss and the Mississippi States and the SEC uh, teams, and you look at them, and, you know, at some point uh, the audience and the fans could be all white and every player on the court would be all black. Yes, that is a possibility that you would lose or you would change. But when the system becomes more competitive, you give everybody the equal chance to be a part of the team, and that's the way it ought to be. And so the dysfunctional system or the segregated system that's been set up began to change, absolutely. And so I'm trying to get folks to know that when we talk about anti-racism, we're talking about equal opportunity, we're talking about those things. We're not the racist police. We're not looking for people 
to to do away with. We're looking for policies and procedures and infrastructure and things that are slanted or or, or, or have inconsistencies or dysfunctional so that we can change those things that cause I believe those white males that feel threatened are good people. I don't know whether they personally intentionally say, well, I'm going to do this because I'm white, but the system will favor toward them and they didn't turn it down. So now we're talking about changing things where that will no longer be the case. And certainly you got to start somewhere. Everyone is benefiting, the whole benefit. It makes a better school, it makes a better organization, it makes a better human being. I, I, the whole thing get better. And so in the, lo- in the short term, it may seem that way, but in the long term, it's going to pay off and pay big dividends. Nettie Winters with Mission Mississippi, thank you so much for taking time to provide your insights and the approach that you're taking, the organization is taking, to address uh, racial reconciliation. (laughs) You got to say it. Living reconciled. Living reconciled. God bless you. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.